0: Welcome to the Dividend Talk Podcast, episode number 19, earning results from Dividend Day. So, today, my number one fan, my wife, is going to do the introduction. Take it away, darling. Yo, 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 this is me, EMF, coming to you with all your up-to-date dividend talk. That's it, your number one rated dividend podcast. See you on the inside. <laughs> Hey, what's going on? Day two after dividend day yesterday.
1: How are we getting on? I'm good. I had day off today, so I'm happy that I could sleep a little bit after yesterday. But I must say, I really, really enjoyed it. It's just great to uh, talk with like-minded people. I think we spoke for three hours yesterday together with Dividend Wave and uh, Phil. And it was really, really cool. And the excitement when the Intel earnings came in, it was like second to none. And then when we saw the share price, it was like, wow, yeah, cool, wow, see 10%! I mean, it was really, really, really great to do that live. It was like we were in a soccer stadium or something like that. It was really cool yesterday.
0: Yeah, it was It was awesome um, to meet to meet Dividend Wave. We've had Phil on the show. We spoke to him a couple of times. But I always enjoy just talking about stocks, getting on and, and meeting new people. And, and like you said, that Intel, when we're just going through that live. The total shock—it was—it was—it was brilliant. But we'll get to that later, later on in the show. But we were up till I, I don't know one, two o'clock in the morning in, in your time, and it was look, it, it, it's great, and we're probably going to do it again, and love more people to join. It was, it was, it was good fun. But aside from that, has anything stuck out in the news this week? I see you have something in Dutch, so I can't even read it.
1: No, no, don't worry. I'll t- do my best to uh, translate it. Now, what I um, uh, what caught my attention this week, and um, I'm sharing this mainly for the people that are holding uh, European bank stocks, is that the fact that uh, I th- uh, one of those European institutions, I think from the ECB, they are considering to still keep, um, I said, keep uh, to forbid banks paying out the dividend because of the second uh, COVID nineteen wave hitting Europe. So they're afraid that it will hit the balance sheets again. So they rather have them uh, being safe than uh, sorry. So there seems to be some rumors that uh, they will continue asking banks not to pay out any dividends. And I think for a dividend investor being invested in banks, it just shows like how much political influence there is because, uh, you're kind of, uh, as a bank You could bring an economy down so it's so regulated that dividends are just not safe in this industry hence why i'm staying away from it Um, but if there are listeners of us that have banks in their portfolio then this doesn't sound good uh, from a dividend income point of view i I know you must be disappointed
0: with that news because i know how much you love banks so this must come as a huge shock
1: Shall I say it again? The bankers are wankers. No, yeah, <laughs> ha- I know that we have few few folks on uh, in the Twitter community that actually work in the financial industry, and I don't want to insult them. My my my. I say my anger is still a bit there because I think banks collectively haven't paid the bill yet for the thousand eight crisis, and I've seen in a close proximity what it has done to people and to people's wealth, and I still feel like uh, yeah, still have my emotions there. Let's say.
0: Cool. So I think we should just move straight on to the the main topic. I, I think we have nine companies here to to look at. So yes. we'll go tr- we'll go through three or four of them in a little bit of detail and then we'll have some sort of lightning round and we'll, we'll discuss a couple of them. But I suppose that the first one that I'd like to speak about is AT&T which which was surprised me, but do you want to talk us through a little bit of what what you found on that?
1: Well, let's start just with my overall feeling, right? Because uh, we don't have so much time if we want to go in-depth on all the AT&T's. But what I really liked about the fact of AT&T was that it sounded like they found a little bit their mojo back in in, in the last quarter. So I think that it's pretty smart with getting the HBO Max subscribers up. Uh, That was a really good sign. Um, Free cash flow was, again pretty well so the dividend payout ratio is less than 50% so it means they can have ample room to to keep paying the dividends and you know because of the debt this is all the time uh, this big question mark about AT&T um they also reduced debt it was with it was around 3 billion on a, on a debt load of 150 so i mean hey it's again 2% right if they do 2% every quarter you you had 8 8% per year then you know if they continue like that and are able to work a little bit on upping their uh cash flow free cash flow then you know finally we have a a board of directors there that's getting it I mean and and starting to I said resolve and clean up some of the mistakes from the past so that's really um uh, what I liked and those HBO subscribers for me is a little bit what you see also with company like Disney and such um that they're just hard growing and then if you hear the Netflix numbers at the moment next Netflix is just struggling at the moment to properly grow so I know that HBO comes from a lower base and but this is the, this is the power what at and has with Time Warner they have content uh, as well and then with HBO and then bundling it with with new subscriptions or something like that that's really where the power is in my opinion and this is how how they did in the past as well with uh with the old tv right subscription uh, subscriptions so why not doing it with streaming services hmm. i mean i mean the only negative that i could find in that earnings report
0: was direct tv uh, hmm. i mean we know that was a bit of a disaster and it's kind of pulling him down a little bit but it, yeah. it was it was solid so, a solid solid report from him and it's probably going to stop that slide in, in share price and they may hover back up over over 30 dollars but i mean at the moment I have a full position in but if I didn't, I would certainly look to maybe add a little bit under thirty at at the corn prices yeah. because they, they've already stated that the dividend is safe and, and they're prioritizing that. They've plenty of cash yeah. flow. Um so no, it, it looks good. Um and and looking forward to see how they grow over the next quarter as well.
1: Yeah, I think at least the fear is a bit uh, taken out of it with this quarterly earnings report because I think there was a lot of fear and o- build up over the last uh, few months, uh, hence why the price went down and specifically when the news was uh, coming out. When was it? Um, at the end of August or even maybe in October. I think in October was the news that um, they were considering to sell DirecTV for 20 billion, which would mm. be like two thirds of loss in, 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 in value. And if you then get such an impairment of... Uh, upcoming that could be really really painful right and this is still above the market of course because if they indeed sell it for such uh, an amount of money then you know they can pay off some debt but poof that's quite a impairment on a business that they just recently uh, a few years ago bought i mean poof yeah
0: very good so both pleasantly surprised by, by their earnings and by contrast, then we have Intel's earnings, which we alluded to in in the intro. And, I mean that that was quite interesting. And I'm just going to start with a summary that we read from the CEO Bob Swan, and it was, our teams delivered solid third quarter results that exceeded our expectations. <laughs> so, I mean, we saw this quote. What an after- idiot after we went through the the report and oh we, my
1: god we couldn't yeah.
0: quite believe it but I, I took some time this morning and and this evening to to actually digest the numbers when we were when we we're doing it live we had a bit of fun but intel actually beat revenue expectations by a small margin but but they still bet them earnings per share kind of met met earnings it's strong free cash flow which gives them, I think it was a 17% payout ratio, so 8.2 billion and 1.4 in in dividends, and they're buying back lots of shares when when the stock is cheap. The PC business grew as well by 1%, so on the face of it, it seemed good. But then you have the data group, and again, we had some positive signs. You see that the cloud business grew, but then you look at (laughs) after that, then you have the enterprise and government business shrank by 47%. And and this shrunk after they said, well, they claim that it grew 30% over the last two quarters. So they're blaming they're blaming COVID here, which is understandable. It's it's an easy it's an easy ghetto clause. But for me, there's something more at play here. It, it can't be just COVID and investors are not just going to pull out. 'Cause we, we would expect it to drop, but not by forty seven percent. There has to be something a little bit more, maybe some macroeconomics or there's something. This is else corporate on, yeah. bullshit.
1: Mm. This is really corporate bullshit. And I mean expectations, yeah, they set expectations and they were low. Yeah. But if you then I mean, if you then can hardly beat them from such a low basis. And then your main catalyst is really really performing poorly i mean you you call out clouds but that's really when you start looking for a needle in a haystack to find something positive in this report yeah for me um intel the concerns for me that i had are hereby proven i don't see them anymore as being competitive uh, as such and yes the good thing is that the dividend payout ratio is low but, and, and I also like that they are buying back shares while the price is low. I'm just wondering whether at this moment in time, they shouldn't use that cash, maybe for, for doubling down on innovation at the moment. Uh, so if they would just like only do half of the uh, buyback. So I, I don't, I, I actually like it buying back at a low price, but they should really double down on innovation at the moment because that's where the where the pain is. And one thing that that bothered
0: me a, a small bit was they they have bought back heavily. They've they bought back, back I think, 12, I, I can't remember the figure, but they bought back a considerable amount of mm-hmm. shares, but their earnings didn't grow. Now, you'd imagine if they're buying back that amount, their earnings should at least grow a little bit, less shares. Mm-hmm. So th- there's lots of concern, but they're a strong, strong cash company. They're, they're a bit of a cash cow. Uh, plenty of yeah. room so I, as a dividend investment I, i'm not too concerned and my original thesis from my blog post hasn't changed a whole lot but there is there is definitely definitely concerns on them and and I, look i believe that the drop the 10 percent drop was was definitely justified
1: look if the you know at these prices you could easily say like you know you can initiate a small position yeah mm-hmm. um why not if you if you believe that this company is still there 20 years from now I'm personally i personally think that they will go enter a period like ibm is in yeah, yeah that that the other competitors are ahead of the game so the only thing that of what ibm has been doing with uh, declining revenues as such they have been starting to to financial engineer, engineer buying back shares intel has the cash flow to all do this yeah. um I would rather see that IBM would have had bought Red Hat eight, year, eight years or ten years ago instead of wasting all that money on buybacks at higher prices. So but hey, um, uh, I said, sometimes it's worth a gamble on this and, and just wait until management uh, uh, turns the ship again into the right uh, direction.
0: Cool. So we'll move on to some European stocks, you might as well give it a European flavor. So if you want to talk through Unilever, I know you've had a, a look at them
1: during the week. Yeah. So what is probably good to know, right? Uh, if, what I like about, for instance, the at and report, they give like from the 10 quarters, a really nice overview. What many European stocks do, they don't give uh, earnings results as such. They give trading state up, updates. So they rather talk about the sales. This makes it a bit harder to figure out what their earnings will be or what their free cash flow is. However, I've I've, I've learned a little bit with Unilever uh, how to read them. And in this case, they have an underlying sales sales growth of 4.4%, which is for me really strong for a company like Unilever. Um, They were not doing so well when it came to uh, uh, revenue growth. And for me, this was a really strong quarter from that point of view. <laughs> what I actually um, would like to say is that 4.4% is their underlying performance because they have excluded from that a 7.7% uh, currency impact. So if you look at include the currency impact, actually there's a bit of a uh, sales decline. But you know, the, we all know we saw it in our portfolios what the US dollar has done. So I find it kind of fair to call it out here. I don't really in this case I give them an out of jail card usually I'm not so easy on on this but what uh, impressed me again is that their online channels really are growing with 76% again of course it's not not a high high basis as their normal business but it just shows that they are able to transition into an on into the online space this year as well and what I want people to take away from from just from Unilever in general is that their catalyst is really the the developing and the emerging market sorry the emerging markets and specifically asia they grew five to three percent in in the emerging markets really a lot in china and and also when we look at um asia itself there, w- there was again a big growth but also uh, america's grew a lot this year so or this quarter so the numbers look look really really good and knowing that the emerging markets are their biggest uh, net contributor to sales and they are growing the best it just looks really good for this uh, for this company so for me strong strong numbers the share price went a little bit down um, actually I would say that uh, probably creates uh, quicker buyer opportunities for us I'm, I'm hunting a little bit always around between you know ideally 45 but I wouldn't mean I wouldn't mind to take a little bit of a uh, few shares again below 50 just to nibble in again so all in all pretty decent earnings report
0: yeah
1: and then then we had uh denon
0: then a trading statement as well which i i know again yeah. uh, another one of, of your all-time favorites but mm-hmm. i mean they, they had sales down by was the 2.5 percent mainly due to they had currency impact in the performance, the water restaurants and clothes. They've lots of. I suppose COVID has impacted them. Has impacted them a good bit, but they have one point eight billion in free cash flow, um, and they are predicting low kind of profitable growth rate on that. So you know a little bit more about the about the performance from from recent years, but just looking at it from here, the water sales I think was down was nineteen percent over from from mm-hmm. last year. Which is which is massive. And then they have specialized nutrition down eleven percent and EDP down down four percent. So they have been heavily, heavily impacted by COVID. But
1: you're bullish on them at, at this moment, eh? Yeah, I'm I'm really bullish on them, not so much. Um how you it said. I'm bullish on them because of the valuation of the shares. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it, there's a company with some problems. Their problems are actually not in these sales because i would like to really call out that when we talk about waters here those are not the waters of avion that you see in the shop in the supermarket those are up generally at least according to the half year statement because there we got all the insight and the data it's just the issue here are restaurants and many people buy a bottle of water in a restaurant sparkling water still water and that's where they have high margins that's really really um really down in sales compared to last year i mean you've seen yourself summers how the, how the uh, restaurants how they were this year that's an issue mm-hmm. specialized nutrition It's really about the baby milk powder and such uh, it's much more harder to at, at this moment to ship ship stuff to china and such because of the um, uh, coronavirus so also that is uh, impacted also high margin and if you look at uh, specialized nutrition it's actually the most profitable business unit that they have they have margins around 25 Mm percent so having said that those are issues but those are issues related to corona one-on-one so i'm convinced they will pass and cash flow is down from two and a half billion to one dot eight billion which is a lot Dividend is still covered i expect with if they would do a small hike next year the dividend payout will come at 80 percent what the issue has been here is management and management has not been um uh, i it hitting the targets and I had a really nice conversation with someone on twitter the other day who also gave some really nice insights and it really helped so i really want to thank the twitter community here but you know this is what it is they have been all the time over promising a little bit but this time what i really liked in the report is that they took action the ceo took action is uh having now two I, I don't know if they're how do you call them COOs or operational officers they're really going to to become responsible for a line of business, get get more empowerment. And I think this is a really really good thing. with their own PNL, and uh, in Q1 they should get back track back on track for growth again. If they feel that, it will be probably a company that will be struggling for another three years. But then again, for for around fifty euros, you've got a really good margin of safety of of, of just more than twenty percent. So for me um it's really a value play knowing that it has a really good dividend growth history so it's also a noble 30 member and that's how i look at this so i'm actually quite optimistic about this report the share price went down but i look at it a little bit as a with another lens uh, to these earnings
0: yeah very good
1: so they were our main
0: four companies i suppose so we might do a lightning round for the next was a five five or six companies um, we'll start with the first one, which is called Asa Alboy. So for those that don't know, it's it's a, a Swedish company who offers services ranging from locks, doors, gates, and entrance automation. Um, they also include like biometrics and mobile tags and, and verification systems. And they are, I mean, I could imagine, but they are really struggling due to COVID. Um, I know you, you put up a tweet about it um but the quarter three earnings looked looked strong so the year to date they down 23 percent but quarter three year earnings was only down six percent year and year and the dividend looked pretty safe you might have more specific numbers on
1: that um uh, I, I can just say that uh, it's lightning round but i like the i like always the wording here that the dividend is safe so they're ba- making locks and everything so I mean, it better be safe in this case, right? <laughs> now, that this is this is uh, to your point. Um, it is nice to see that it so quickly recovers in the summer when when the economy opened up a little bit again. So again, impacted by COVID, um, I would just like to see the share price being much more much more down. I, I don't find it attractive to buy at this moment. Okay. So then we have another company that's novazymes and also for dividend Dane, thank you for providing some more information also on this company to us so this, um, this is again a biotech uh, company which is from uh, copenhagen denmark and it's really focused on research and development and production of industrial enzymes microorganisms and biopharmaceutical ph- ingredients and for the people that don't know really the company and the I'm, I'm quite I know I, I don't know the company so well, but from what I read all the time uh, and what I glance over, I really like what I'm seeing from this company. Um, they're struggling also a little bit. Growth is in general flat uh, for the first nine months of 2020, but it's flat, yeah, it's not mm. not too much down. And their portfolio is pretty well balanced, which, which means that some are up then and some are down um uh, i said and what i just wanted to say is like they are really rich valued and but uh, with 35 pa but this is where dividend came and he gave a really nice story about they're really struggling and such however the the long-term growth is really there and he also mentioned that this is one of those companies that that's really highly regarded in the market for their quality of products so i need to do more research on novozymes um i've uh the share price responded it went it went a bit down several percent personally i find it a really interesting company for further research but uh i will only start doing that when the the price comes down because on such a pe i don't even want to spend too much time uh, on researching it
0: mm-hmm. great okay and then the next one we have was coca-cola so if anyone follows investment talk i know we had him on the show he, he wrote a trade on twitter about it, which is which is a good trade, but then he also has a newsletter and he has a 24 page report on this. And it's, it's, look, it's worth subscribing and, and reading these reports. I don't know how he does it. I said to him, he's, a, he's an absolute machine, how he does it. But touching on, on Coca Cola, I mean, it's one of those companies where COVID was really going to impact their, their sales. And I'm, I'm not really surprised to see the declines. I mean, earnings per share are down 33%, um, and their revenue is down 9%. A little bit worried about them at, at the moment. Uh, I I think they're I think they're in for a, a long hard year. We're not coming out of uh, uh, we're back down in lockdown. Restaurants are not opening, are closing here, and I can just see them struggling for the next six to nine months. So I, I, I'm concerned, really concerned about them. I have a small position them, so that's fine. Um, but it
1: it didn't look too good on the numbers. Yeah, and. and... This is the issue, right? Restaurants. Either you buy an Avian water in the restaurant or you buy a Coke. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. I mean, that's the whole narrative, I think, around Coca-Cola for now. Uh, Countries need to reopen. We should all be forgetting about social distancing again, sitting in Paris really close to each other, butt to butt in a restaurant and order a Coke. That's when this company will thrive again. Yeah. And then we have good old IBM
0: so we've talked about them earlier another really disappointing result from them I, I was really looking forward to seeing how, how Red Hat did and, and look their revenue was up 17% which which is which is good but I mean IBM dropped another 10% as well I think um yeah that was a really hard they're, they're really struggling to to adapt so I, I think we, we mentioned it last week, this, this split, this spin-off that they're going to have might have a positive effect. So I'm, I'm not going to judge them too hard at the moment. I want to see how they react to this spin-off and, and where they go f- from there. But but at the moment, I'm, I'm sitting on the sidelines. My money's on Red Hat and just, just waiting to see how they progress.
1: Yeah, I'm a little bit less optimistic because I dialed into the earnings call on Monday night. Hmm. And I even put it on Twitter. there was a really uh, really good analyst question and I will read it here. He said your dividend is six billion a year. It's basically been a hundred percent a year free cash flow year to date in the last. You haven't paid down any debt. you haven't done any deals without taking on incremental debt this year. So if you are really managing the business for the long term and growth is a priority, are you considering lowering or suspending the dividend or is the dividend safe? And, you know, then this Jim Cavano comes in again, blah, 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 blah. We are, you know, super and, you know, we're almighty. We are IBM. Who the fuck are you asking me this question, you stupid analyst? That was kind of a little bit uh, what you get away from it. And then I'm waiting, okay, now it comes because uh, new CEO starts talking and this is what I'm really looking at. Does this CEO understand what he's doing? And then, at least he had a um, a question at least that was trying to answer it. <laughs> so he really started telling, "Oh, nice! You know, we're going to use the cash uh, from the balance sheet to pay down debt." I thought, like, "Why would you pay down? Why would you use the cash to pay down the debt?" Probably they make the cash is more important. Uh, I more costly than uh, what they can 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 get as a return on the cash? And they say, "And we commit to growing dividend, and we will invest more." And I think, like, has this guy been listening? Mm. Yeah, there is no money left uh, after the dividend, or hardly any left. So, how are they going to do that? So I'm thinking, like, does the CEO actually what know what he is seeing or is he reading from a slide that they once uh, wrote two years ago about their capital allocation strategy? Because I have a feeling that that he lost reality. So th- these guys are living in a bubble. The CEO is totally not for me convincing with such kind of answers that he is on top of things. He could have said, uh, as an example, "Yeah, we commit to growing uh, dividend. That's why we are not doing buybacks. That's why we're not paying down the debt for now. We have we low we live in a low interest environment." Then at least you get like a, a a common sense answer. But this answer made totally no sense because the math just doesn't work with what this guy was saying. So, for me, this is a red flag. Yeah, it does. It doesn't give you much hope for
0: for the CEO if he if he doesn't really know what he's talking about or. Or where his business is at then i mean it doesn't look good but as i said I, i'm waiting for the spin-off I'm, I'm really hoping that this that that this may change how, how they're doing and, and yeah look we, we'll see but again another disappointing result from them and and they were punished by price and rightly so so we might finish then on one last european stock one of your favorites uh nestle
1: yeah for me there was nothing worth men- mentioning there so <laughs> i really would like to keep it like that this nestle is for me a company um i i did a real like a few months ago deep analysis on it for myself and this this company is just financial engineering i know there are some people on twitter quite happy with uh, nestle with what they're doing but i don't see value in there i find it, find it quite pricey and if i then compare it to unilever or are the known, then it's a clear case that Nestle is uh, not even worth considering for me. And with the, the sales numbers as well, there's really nothing new there, nothing specific there. So for me, yeah, okay. not even worth mentioning.
0: I kind of guess you'd say that. <laughs> so move on to the, the next section, section, which is the listener questions. And we'll start with one from Centrino. And his question was, What's your goal with dividend stocks and, and look he's expanded on that are you going to reinvest them but i maybe just ask you for your answer
1: yes yeah, so uh my goal is indeed to um, reinvest those dividends continuously so every month i can invest uh, you know i've got 23 percent to 25 percent of my um, expenses covered but i'm now reinvesting them every month so i can um, let's say i can invest 23 percent more on top of my monthly contribution at the moment. So because I have a 50% uh, expense ratio versus what I can invest. So I'm I'm, I'm I'm doing that. And that's really, really a nice feeling that you can uh, put another 20% on top of it. So I'm reinvesting that the snowball starts run, r- rolling. And yeah, when I'm at retirement age, I will not reinvest them anymore because I will start living from them. However, I look at it at the retirement age that I would like to have my expenses plus ten or twenty percent to have a margin of safety for when I have some uh, one-off expenses that I can cover them and not directly need to go to my emergency fund. So that's my goal. Cool. Okay. How about you, by the way?
0: Uh,
1: it, it it's
0: similar for me. Um, I I'm reinvesting them on until until I retire. I hope to retire a little bit early. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've. I've kind of I, i've spoken to you about this. I've kind of changed my strategy a little bit. I'm trying to pay down my mortgage as well, um, mm-hmm. aggressively over over the last world. But I, I'm still keeping the same amount that I have every month for the last three years. I'm paying that in every month, so I'll just keep plodding along with that. And when I retire, like you, I, I won't be reinvesting. Then I'll be just trying to to live and enjoy myself. So that's I suppose that that's the goal for most of us. Just that's why we're investing for that income, isn't it? To to get to mm-hmm. retirement and to be able to, to live off it. So that's my goal
1: anyway. And then Phil had also a question. Uh, thanks, Phil. Hypothetically, business doesn't go well. How do you want your company to react, keeping margins up with the risk of reduced sales revenue or reducing margins to keep sales revenue stable? This one's for you.
0: Oh, <laughs> it's a, re- a really, really good question and i i i i, stru- I, d- I don't know that the boat. both it would depend but if you were to push me I, I would probably say reduce margins to keep sales revenue stable i mean i i, I don't know I, I i struggle with that one but that's yeah it.
1: i'm just I can I, tell I, you what 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 i would like to see uh my company doing is at this moment that you're under stress let's say because your business doesn't go well I would like them to act in the good faith, not of the shareholder necessarily, but of the future of the company. So not not um, not live up to the quarterly um, expectations like Intel does now, kind of, they're in the squeeze there. I would just stop giving expectations. Yes, I will get a hit on the share price. Yes, it might cost my job uh, if I'm not in a family business. However, I would like to watch myself in the mirror so I would really start innovating in the portfolio better late than never. I've got it easy saying because I don't have, I'm not a CEO. I don't have any uh, incentives uh, uh, that I need to fulfill or KPIs. but I, ho- I, I would probably even want to negotiate if I would be the CEO uh, that I have long-term incentives and not quarterly incentives so and then what the what the margins should be i don't care then really about it's more like innovate for the future of the portfolio in an ideal world
0: that that sounds good but uh, i'd imagine yeah, as a ceo of, of a company that's that's probably it's a lot of really hard, hard. hard and even as even as if you are of your own family run business that's still a pretty hard stance to take yeah. because if if you need cash now or your your business is struggling it's it's hard to justify I, i'm going to take x amount and, and put this
1: for the future when you're struggling now so I, yeah I can, you become a prey yeah, yeah. What, what if the what if the shareholders say okay uh, uh mr edgi let's drop your share price by 50 percent yeah and then there will be other companies that think like wow that's a value play let's get the ceo removed by the company and uh, increase the share price uh, really quickly mm. uh, that, simple like that so you have all the time this threat yeah, uh, at you. So yeah, it's really difficult. I think. Really, really good question, though. Really good question, and yeah. one one that um
0: will be playing on my mind probably for the next few days as well. <laughs> so the, the next one then is from Russ over in Dapper Dividends and he said, "Do you think we will see a shift from growth to value, and do you think it has already begun?" And I'm happy this time Russ hasn't actually answered his own question yet. He's actually given us the chance to answer
1: for him um i i you know i've been always looking at value and not at growth because it's not in my circle of competence so i didn't even i mean i yeah, i know of course that there is now a, a market for growth stocks right uh, hmm. i i hope um but what what does it mean right if we if that means that there is value now yeah I I find even the stocks that are typically considered value I find them highly valued I mean look at the Procter and Gamble's and the Walmart's of this world I find them not attractive from a share price point of view so for me uh, the market should still go down 20 30 percent before I really see value plays a lot but I don't think that's maybe necessarily what he meant here with the question yeah like
0: i believe we will see a shift from growth to value at, at some point i don't think it has already begun i still think there's there's growth there as you said prices are overvalued i'm struggling to find companies that that are value play so to speak um so i i don't think that shift has happened yet i i, I seen an article i don't know if it's on seek and alpha that that compared actually growth to to value stocks over the last 10 years and, and growth stocks has way outperformed but i I do think we will like they won't go up forever and ever, and we will see some sort of mm. maybe ten, twenty percent drop, and then we might see the value play. Like people are, are buying the Teslas so or the high high growth stocks, might might want to panic a little bit and may then go into more value play. So, as I said, I, do, I don't think it has become, but uh, I mean, look, everybody wants wants value, and that's what that's what they're looking for, isn't it?
1: Yeah, but if they all go in value, then it will be even more overvalued. There's this this kind of continuum. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Russ. It's a very interesting question, but I guess hard to to be happy with if that would happen from my point of view.
0: Okay. And then we have one from Rep Stones. And he said, do you incorporate spread bets into your portfolio?
1: Honestly, I don't know what spread
0: bets are. Okay. Um so the the answer for me is no. I have looked at it before because spread betting is tax free and you can you can bet against the direction of a price and then depending on how far it goes above or below your price depends on mm-hmm. it, the profit and, and loss. Um it, it looks attractive. I've mentioned before that I, I've I've looked at um match betting and, and that kind of area mm-hmm. and spread betting was was one area within that that could be manipulated but it, it is very high risk and i mean i've learned over time that my risk tolerance is not as high as i thought it was and and that's just something that's a little bit too risky for me I, i'm sure there's there's yeah. management and 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 that but i find the psychology of these of these kind of trades and, and these kind of methods doesn't really suit me so i i tend yeah. to stay away from it
1: okay then a question from Danny how have our portfolios performed so far and which one of you have done better so when it comes to portfolio performance I think we did a show like uh, two three episodes ago about that um at the start of October um but I, I can tell you I mean my portfolio I think is in the minus for this year because Shell is 50 percent down ExxonMobil 50 percent down buyer 45 percent down Microsoft up apple threefold up i i don't know actually because i don't track my portfolio as as a whole as such when when it comes to price appreciation but i would assume it's somewhere probably between zero and minus five percent over the year um so yeah depending on your answer we will know who has done better i have
0: (laughs) no i'm joking i'm joking (laughs) um so no, i'm the same i i don't really track uh, i don't really keep a track of the stock price if, if it's a green day or a red day or uh, once a quarter i do look at portfolio attribution and i do compare it against a set of indexes and look i've underperformed them this year as, as we know and we've discussed in in the previous previous episodes but i suppose if you're if you're asking which one has done better we're both investing for income, right? And and that's our goal. Yeah. It's not price appreciation. It's not anything like that. So purely on income, you win hands down. You, you're in the game a little bit longer, and, and you're seeing perpetual growth, and you're seeing seeing a lot more bang for your buck due to the amount of dividends. So you're ahead on, on that front. But I mean, look, it's not a competition. Each each investor has has their own goals and targets, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm quite content and happy with how I'm progressing at the moment
1: I would start tracking price performance if I would intend to sell and I don't buy to sell hence why it's actually not really an issue for me Mm. and actually the more I look sometimes when I look at my portfolio and I see the total value it distracts me from what I'm actually doing because then I see like oh my portfolio uh went few thousand lower or higher compared to the last time when I looked at it And then I starts thinking, and then I think after a few minutes, like, why am I thinking about this? It it doesn't make, I'm getting this psychology that I don't want to have this unwanted roommate in my head, starts waking up then. So it's even better for me to not even look at it. Mm -hmm. And I have just one figure, which is my uh, uh, dividend income, uh, projected annual dividend income. And that's what I just want to see up. And every time when I put some money in the market again, it ticks up a little bit, and that's most important for me.
0: Good. Okay, and we will move on to Wolf of Harcourt, um, and he asked, and you can probably guess by from earlier in, <laughs> in the show, but which earnings report surprised
1: you the most this week and why? Yeah, Intel, because um, look, credits to you. You read, you wrote, and uh, for me, an excellent blog post about Intel. Yeah, on, exactly on the high on the right level. How I love to read uh, the the information um I also really appreciated that you kept a section open for what the quarterly three earnings would be uh, to give yourself a little bit of an uh, uh an openness to 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 that and actually you made me after reading that uh, post you made me rethink some of my uh, preconceptions about the company um specifically when it came to the data center space and then this is where Intel surprised me by underperforming and I think that's what many investors saw so kudos to you for writing an excellent piece uh, on 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 this. But this was also one of the reasons why it surprised me.
0: Yeah, and I, I wonder to myself, if I was to write that post this week, would it have the same outcome or would I have the same results? But I mean, I was surprised. I mean, 47% drop was, was incredible. Um, I don't think anybody expected that i still I, I to your point area do i think this company will be here in 20 years time i do they are a, a cash cow and, and their the market share is is huge i know they're losing some to amd and they're losing some to um uh, tcm or tsm or, but they still have a considerable market share at, at the moment and they still generate huge amounts of cash flow and purely from a dividend growth and dividend point of view i'm I'm happy. I, I did buy some when they dropped down, uh, bought them at 48. I said I was going to buy some, and my my thesis doesn't change on one earnings report. And I've, I think I've learned that you can't just change because of, of one. It is a long-term game. And for me, there is more upside than downside at the moment. I mean, the price can still go down, but I don't see them going down another 30 40%. So... I'm quite happy with the dividend and, and to invest i think i got them close to three percent dividend yield which is which is pretty good yeah. um so yeah no i'm surprised with how they perform but look it gave me a, a better buying opportunity so i'm kind of happy
1: next one is from dividend wave who we got to met yesterday for the first time great guy i must say really knowledgeable watch his one pages all the time there now mm-hmm. that i've seen him in real and also saw him speaking i'm more, even more intrigued by his uh, one pages and he asks us amd revenue up or down and by how much what do you think
0: i am going to guess it's going to be up by 14 percent okay
1: i don't think it will be down but i think it will be not as per expectations and I'll tell you why I think a lot of, just, just think about it, in Q2, at least in Europe, all companies suddenly had to shift really quickly to digital. That meant lots of cloud solutions, lots of processing power required. Also, people started buying laptops a lot. So I think a lot of those sales have been brought forward. And I think a lot of those were initial one-offs. So I think, therefore, that if the expectations are that people are extrapolating Q2 earnings, I think it will disappoint in Q3. So will it be up or down? Uh, It's probably not the right question for me. I think it will be disappointing compared to if people take Q2 as a reference. That's my kind of uh, hypothesis here. Okay.
0: But it's still going to be an interesting watch to see... How they actually perform compared to intel it's it's going to tell if if it's disappointing like like intel there might be a bit of rebound and it it might Mm. level out the playing field but it's certainly going to make next week next tuesday i think interesting
1: yeah definitely nice bit really nice um i said industry to observe at the moment this is literally like like really really intense competition and 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 it's really like they're in the boxing ring almost it's really nice to see
0: and then the last question came from Richard. <laughs> he asked, who, <laughs> who would win in an arm wrestle?
1: <laughs> I think uh, you. You're you're a bit younger than me, so you should still have a better muscles uh, than I have. And you're Irish. It it depends how much tequila we drink. <laughs> <laughs> I would count on you. But Richard, hey, join one time dividend day evening calls or maybe a next dividend quiz or something like that. You'll be able to judge yourself. We can do a virtual arm wrestling. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so again, thanks guys for all the questions. We we, we love them. There's some tricky ones there um, today, and and really get the the brain taken over. So uh, thanks a million. Really enjoyed them.
1: So let's go to our. Uh... Uh, one of our favorite sections then again uh stock picks and they these are harder week by week right to come with a stock pick but uh hey challenge accepted what's your uh, stock pick for the week emf
0: yeah I, I mean i'm struggling to find as i mentioned earlier struggling to find something of value so i cheated a little bit this week i went on to finviz which is a stock screener, and has loads of different metrics that you can choose so the ones that came up for me were ADP, uh, British Tobacco, Cisco, and Unilever. And I suppose we've picked most of them over the last few weeks. So I, I decided to pick one that I haven't picked in a while, which is was, which was ADP. And I mean, I, I did a quick valuation on them and I had them as, as slightly undervalued, but I'm not, I'm not quite sure that that's true. Um, So I did a dividend discount model on them. I didn't do a cash flow analysis or, or anything like that. So I, I would certainly... Research them a little bit and and see where they're at, but they have a decent dividend yield. They're okay with their free cash flow payout ratio. I think it's around sixty percent, and and look, they have a super super dividend growth history, so definitely one I would consider. Who, are, so who are you want to pick?
1: Yeah, for me, it's just the known. Um, again, it's not a buy recommendation or something like that, but I just bought some this week. Uh, again, I'm now at the what is it? 42 percent position size for what i want to have for the company and it was close to 50. i have a buy order outstanding at 50 as well i actually want to wait until uh, november because then i I have my new salary so new cash contribution and if i would buy now i would take it from my uh, kind of uh, reserves Mm -hmm. which are there for interesting opportunities but probably um, there in general i can tell you i'm not i stopped all my options at the moment that i have i've still one or two really long term running because i'm waiting for the presidential election which is in two weeks from now and i i don't know what will happen i can imagine that there will be like uh, the day after maybe a a really strong market reaction if that's the case then i'm rather not in, in 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 options but for and i also don't need to be a stock market hero so I will probably pause my my investments a little bit until over until I've seen what happens with the election, and maybe it creates more buying opportunities than we have today. And otherwise, well, you know, there will be other again later. But if there comes a significant stock market drop, then I will be really hunting for the companies like Johnson and Johnson and such.
0: Hey, I noticed you changed your pronunciation of Danone.
1: Yes, because I got some feedback of Danone. <laughs> so I said, you know, feedback taken, you know, we need to continuously learn and adjust to uh, the new facts. So uh, I'm now trying to pronounce it Danone. And I also heard someone saying yesterday, I think it was Dividend Wave or it was Phil. No, Phil it was. He said like, and in French it's Danone or something like that. <laughs> I love I love this. This is what I love about this podcast as well and interacting with the European community. It's so diverse yeah the cultures are so diverse and we have people from Romania, uh, from from the eastern part of europe often often reaching out uh the western part south north i mean it's all over the place in the community and i, I just love this i really love this about this and this podcast even brings it more together and, and that's for me just really nice about this
0: yeah yeah uh, look i think that's that's a great way to end the show uh, thanks a million to everyone for listening and and I agree with your your sentiments there. It's 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 a great great little community and look we hope hope to get involved a lot more. We we do have a Twitter group and we do have all sorts and you can reach out to us on, on email or, or Twitter. So we look forward to hearing from you and see you next week.